Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. With a creative writing and data analysis background, Lauren Ramsey brings all of her skills to the table as the founder and chief engagement officer of Betsy Bash. Founded in 2010, Lauren and her team help local businesses get more leads and make more sales using social media. She's taken her business from her hometown of Houston to her new home in Chicago. Here today to talk about her business journey over the last 12 years is Lauren Ramsey. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm excited to have you on because uh, I've lived in the world of social media for quite some time. I think we could probably do a very long podcast just about uh, all the, the good and bad of social media, uh, oh, but yeah. we're, we're going to talk about other stuff first. Um, first, could you give us like a quick background, just a minute or two about your background and kind of how, how you got to where you are now? Yeah. So my mom, when I was growing up, my mom had her own business as well. And I started helping her when I was like, 11, 12, 14, um, and learned a lot about small business from her, um, but also really learned a lot about marketing and helping her market her business. And I loved it. And then, you know, fast forward to college, um, I really wanted to do like programming. So I learned C++, HTML, Java, all that, um, and graduated with an MIS degree. But on that process, I had to take a marketing class for my business degree. and fell in love. I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. I should change my career. I had to change my like degree, like everything needs to change. But I was like right around the corner from graduating. There was like no way all that was going to happen. So I'm like, all right, I'll graduate. I'll figure it out. And then um, one of the, I was in a philosophy honor society. I was the president. And uh, one of our members asked us if we wanted to help volunteer. And so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And she worked for um, Radio Disney. She was the promotions manager. So right out of college, I started volunteering with her, working part-time until I found a full-time job. Found a full-time job, still kept working for Radio Disney because I was like, this is just so fun. <laughs> so then I learned a lot about branding and marketing and client yeah. relationships from Disney. You know, um, So I did that for about five years until I was like, okay, I need a side hustle. I'm going to start doing marketing on the side and just figure it out. And right about then is when, you know, uh, social media started to really develop into a business tool. Um, so Instagram was just about to be born. Facebook was getting a little bit more robust. It was 2010. So yeah. that's kind of how I started, got, got started in my marketing business. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask you a question about your mom, since you said you, you worked in her business. What kind of business was yeah. it that you worked in? Yeah. So, um, so I grew up overseas and when we moved back to the States, my parents got divorced. And my mom had had, uh, she comes from a long line of quilters. And when we lived in India, she was teaching quilting classes and sewing classes. And so she had a, a huge network of um, people in the textile industry. 
uh, in India. We lived there for three years. So lots of people that she'd met over the, over the course of the time of us living there. So she put all these skills together and she's like, all right, I'm going to design quilts stateside. I'm going to have them uh, you know, pieced and sewn together in India and then sell them wholesale back to um, like little cute quilt and cottage shops, you know, all around the United States. So that's what she did. She designed quilts and sold them wholesale. Okay. that That's awesome. That's uh yeah. That's a very we go to like, like markets, you know, so yeah. like we would have to market her booth and we started off with like temporary booths and then graduated to bigger temporary booths and then graduated <laughs> to like whole showroom, you know, and she would win like awards for design. And it was so fun. You know? that, I mean, that's a huge like logistics challenge too, yeah. right? Like starting a like, hey, we're going to have the people there and moving yeah. all the stuff back and forth and you know, I think in the last couple of years with the pandemic, I, obviously this was a long time ago, but with the pandemic, it's become more clear to everybody. Like logistics is a huge deal. Um, yes. and probably just the challenges she had with that, uh, were probably immense. Oh yeah. I'm sure she could tell you stories for days on containers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on her. Glad I've never had to deal with containers. That's, that's sure, a great sure. thing. So what drove you to decide to do a side hustle? Was it that you wanted to continue learning or was there something that you're like, Hey, I need to make some more money or like, what was it that, that made you decide to do a side hustle on top of your full-time job? It was really that like drive of like, I can't stop thinking about it. You know, like, what if this was a thing? You know, what would that look like? And I loved my job and I had a great career, you know? So I'm always like, Ooh, it's like when you, when you jump out of a perfectly good airplane, I'm like, I had a fine career. Like I could have stayed there, you know? Um, but I just kept having this calling of like, Lauren, like help small businesses. Lauren, like help small businesses understand social media, you know, because a lot of business owners around 2010 were in like the boomer generation, right? So they didn't grow up with social media the way that we did. Um, and there just w wasn't as many uh, business owners in our generation yet, you know, like I think Gen Z has really taken that forward and been like, oh, millennials, like you guys started a bunch of businesses. We're going to do that even younger. You know, like they're in high school and college. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> all right, go you. Um, you know, so, so that, that was a generational gap of like, I know I need to be on social, but like, how, what, what do I need to do? What is good? Right. And so that's really where I wanted to, to help. Yeah. Yeah. It was that same gap that happened when the web started, right? Like yes. it took a long yes. time for these companies to even have a web page. Um, and fact, now. Yeah. Like I remember we were at a market in Atlanta and we were walking down the hall with my mom and one of her business partner, not business partner, but uh, you know, they worked a lot together. And she was like, so what do I need to do? I need to get a website. And my mom was like, yes, they're very important. You need to have one. She's like, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just so crazy to think of like, there was a time when people were like, eh, maybe, maybe I'll get a website. And now of course you can't get away with all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the alternate was like, well, I'm in the yellow pages. Like, yes. I don't, why, why do I need a website? <laughs> yes. Like people can find can me in the phone book. Like, that, what? What is this web thing for? Like, right. I, I so want customers funny. to come to me in person, not on some computer. Like I don't do computer things. Um, yes. And it, it, it is so funny, those, those shifts that happen over time. And so it sounds like you're in that um, or have been working in that shift of like, well, why is social media important? Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I think we get it now. But when you started, it wasn't maybe as clear to a lot of these folks. Um, Absolutely. 
So, so what then took you down that path? So you started the side hustle thing mm-hmm. um, to help. Where, at what point was it that you were like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this full time. I need to quit my job and go all in. Sure. So at first I just wanted to prove the concept, you know, like I wasn't doing everything, right. I wasn't a PR agency. I wasn't like a big creative service agency. I delivered social like strategy postings, all that kind of stuff, but it was only social media. So I wasn't even sure if it would work. (laughs) So a few years of like just making sure people would just pay for this. And if this was only the only marketing they were doing, would it work? You know, or does there need to be a bigger marketing mix? Um, So I did that for a little while, proved that it would work. And then in my career, they were asking me to take on more. They wanted me to manage people. And I was like, okay, I'm really at a place where I have to decide, you know, because I was working full time. I was coming home, working at night. I was working on the weekends and I was just exhausted. (laughs) And so, you know, I knew that I had this great career and it would you know, served me well going forward, but I also knew I had this passion that was doing well, like doing good, you know, good enough to give it a chance, but like, could it replace my career? You know, could it be my full-time job? Um, and that was the big question, you know, that was the big leap of faith of like, quitting my job is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but, how, it worked out. how long was it from when you did the side hustle, when you started the side hustle mm-hmm. to when you quit and went all in? Five years. Five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so during those five years, you kind of alluded to this. I, I want to make sure I get the, the fine point on it. Um, you said you wanted to make sure that it worked. So mm-hmm. how is it that you figured that out? Was it that you were taking data or like seeing what the your client's sales were before and after? Like, how did you figure out that, yes, definitely what I'm doing is working? Yeah. You know, there wasn't as many tools back then. Um, but for us, it was more of like, are we delivering value? You know, like, is there, is there more of a benefit in like the touchy feely posts? Is there more of a benefit of just straight ads? Is there more of a benefit of just selling what they're trying to get people to buy? You know? Yeah. And of course it's a mix of all three. Right. And so, um, first it was, will they pay what I want them to pay? <laughs> Can I deliver the value that they're paying for? Um, and is it, is it like scalable? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So you also alluded to this and, and I want to dig into it a little bit is, you know, we often don't talk about the things that scare us as founders, or at least in, yeah. in media, it doesn't get discussed, right? Because right. you just want to talk about the glitz and the glamour. But I think all of us have fear, uh, fear when we start and then fear ongoing. So what scared you about doing this either as starting as a side hustle or when you went mm-hmm. all in or both? Um, and what scares you now and, and how do you manage that? That's a great question. I think when I was a side hustle, nothing really felt scary, you know, other than maybe just not being able to have enough time to do everything. Um, but and, and is job, it because, and is that because you felt like there was no downside or because it was a side hustle? Like, why did it feel like nothing was scary? Because I think it was exciting. You know, it okay. was like, I was a part of like the first people that were like helping people market on social media and uh, in Houston, we had a huge like creative community that was on Twitter. And so I've made, I made a lot of friends on Twitter that are still like really close friends of mine now, but all of us were like, you know, how do you do this part? Or what, what should we do here? Or, you know, like, I remember even there was, um, a question of like, is it okay to look up people's social media profiles before an interview? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we were just, we were all figuring it out. Right. Um, and so it was more exciting, right? It was more of like, you're on yeah. the cusp of something new and like, um, just exciting. Um, and then, but fast forward to quitting my job, that definitely felt scary. You know, um, there's that, there's that feeling of financial security with a job, even if it's not entirely true, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the company could go through layoffs, like something could happen. Right. But it feels more secure than, in, than having your own company. So there was that part of it. And then there was all, also like, what if I fail, you know, <laughs> what if I can't do this? <laughs> and of course I made it more complicated by moving from Houston to Chicago. So <laughs> I started over basically. I had no network. <laughs> you know, uh, it was kind of crazy, but I figured if I, if I didn't do it then, then I would get really comfortable in Houston and I wouldn't yeah. move to Chicago. And it was really a dream of mine to move here. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny because as entrepreneurs, we, uh, I've heard this story multiple times and I've lived through this story too. I feel like we make it harder on ourselves. Like we do mm -hmm. things that then in retrospect is like, huh, that probably wasn't the smartest thing. Like I just made it worse to be successful because I piled all of these things on. So how did you deal with, um, that, that fear, that scariness of going all in, um, and how do you manage it even today? Yeah. I mean, for me at that time, it was a lot of support. So I had family in Chicago that really supported me through my first year of like moving to Chicago. And, um, and then I made a couple of friends and they helped me like, just get to learn the city, you know? I mean, so it's, you never, re I didn't realize how hard it is to move to a new city as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, can't just make friends as easily as you could when you were in college or high school or whatever. So um it's so weird, right? It's like the fears I have now are that like I don't know something. You know, like something's just gonna completely blindside me or mm -hmm. all of my team is gonna quit. Like I have a lot of irrational <laughs> fears, you know. <laughs> but then I like try to play it forward. Like, okay, like if somebody left, like who could backfill or you know, I try to mitigate my fears so that my anxiety goes away, you know, but I don't know that my fears ever go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, fear is one of the things that probably drives you as well, right? right. It's like making sure. Um, th this is totally unrelated to the startup uh, and, and entrepreneurial thing, but I've got to ask you because you kind of just alluded to it. Okay. So one of the hardest things as an adult is to make new friends. Yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> I just don't wish it on anyone. I mean, but we all do it, right? Or no, we don't, we don't all do it, but there's lots of us that do. Um, so one of the things that worked for me really well in Houston was I had a really big creative community uh -huh. and there was a lot of, um, or there was like one main group that I was a part of that was like creative women. And so many of my good friends came from that group. I learned a lot about business from those ladies because they all had their own little side hustles or businesses. And so I was like, all right, creative women. Let's just start there. <laughs> and so I went on meetup and found some creative women groups and started showing up, you know, <laughs> and then I slowly made friends that way. Um, and so there was a girl, uh, Andrea Clunder, and she was uh, the, the founder of a creative women's group. And she became one of my, she was my first friend in Chicago. Um, and then from there, gosh, I don't know. I joined an improv like class, like so nice. improv and, and yeah. made really good friends there. Um, 
in fact, we took improv classes right before the pandemic, like winter of 2019. And so we were in like class one, class two, we were starting class three, you know, by the time like pandemic came around and we all thought, oh, two weeks, a couple months, you know. So we, yep. we stayed in touch thinking like in a couple months, we'll be back out into the real world. Um, so fast forward three years later, we're still all like meeting up and like having virtual <laughs> happy hours, like half the groups met, moved across the world or across the country, but we still stay connected, you know, which I think yeah. is really special. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Okay, um, let's get back to the sure. talk of business. Um, so I, I think you've kind of actually just touched on some of these things, but um, how do you manage um, the stress of owning a business and um, you know everything else about life and things like that? Like, how, how are you balancing those things in your life for yourself? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> you know, not to be like cliche, but it's like, you have to take care of yourself first. You know, um, and I didn't do that at first. At first, I was like, "It's all about the business. Like, I'm I'm last. Like, who cares if I go to the doctor? Like, I just need this business to work." Um, and then I started having like, you know, just issues where I'm like, "I need to go to the therapist. <laughs> I need to like have a business coach. I need to, you know." And so I started setting myself up with these tools that are really just like helpful um, for anyone. But I think particularly for entrepreneurs, because we have so much stress on a day-to-day -day basis, um, that the support of therapy is really important for me and the support of my business coach and the support of mentors um, and just surrounding yourself with people who have been through it and can tell you that your anxiety is a little off chart, you know, a little, a little off the path or it's right on track. Like you should fix this. Like you need to, <laughs> to you know, put that process in place. Yeah. How, how do you think about um, your boundaries between all of these things as well, like mm -hmm. personal and business? And, um, yeah. you know, like, are, are you kind of strict? Because as entrepreneurs, we can really work 24 seven, right? Like, and so how do you think about that? And how do you deal with those, those things? Yeah, when first starting out, similarly, I was just like, whatever it needs, you know, I'm there. 8 p.m., whatever, 2 a.m., I got you, you know. Um, but then I also started to realize that that wasn't healthy, you know. Like, I needed yeah. that, like, time off. I needed the day to end and for, like, my relaxation time to start. And so I don't really know when it was, maybe two or three years ago or maybe even pre-pandemic. Um, I started getting really strict about my work hours, you know. And I was like, I'm going to work 9 to 6, maybe 7 but after that, it's like Lauren time, you know, I'm going to go to yoga class. I'm going to cook dinner. I'm going to meet my friends for dinner. Um, and of course I'm addicted to email. So I'm always checking, <laughs> <laughs> but I, now I just read it and I don't action on it. You know, okay. so I'm like, okay, tomorrow I've got something to deal with. Or, um, if it's an emergency, I'll deal with it. But if it's not an emergency, then I know it can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, those, those very often social media emergencies, right? Like yeah. uh, some, some of them you can't ignore for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk about you. You talked about some of the things that you've put in place, um, business coaches, things like that, but mm -hmm. are there any other like technologies or apps or systems 
that you've put in place over the years that help you manage the business and make mm -hmm. it so that it doesn't cause as much stress as it did before? Totally. Um, I'm one of those people that's like mostly organized and some, and some part like crazy, you know, like I'll have like things piled on my floor, but like all my projects are in order, you know? <laughs> um, so I had that kind of going for me, but like, I knew that the systems I had in my business could be better. And so I have a friend down in Houston who's like an operations coach and he worked with me for 12 months um, and really dug into my systems, like learned them in and out so that he could advise on what the best process was uh, so that operationally things run smoothly. And so the tools that we have in place are the Google suite, you know, so we keep everything in Google docs and Google drive. Um, then Asana for all of our project management tracking mm -hmm. Slack for all of our team communication. Mm -hmm. So that means like my team and I do not email each other. We do not text each other, <laughs> you know, unless it's like not work related. And it's like, Hey, I saw this and I thought that'd be fun for you, you know? Right. Um, and also that means like, if I'm texting you, it's probably an emergency, you know? Yeah. So it, it allows that, that channel to be, um, very siloed. Um, we use whereby for all of our meetings. Um, we use Canva for all of our designs. We use Sprout Social for all of our scheduling and hosting, as well as our community management. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so this suite of stuff then is is basically everything that allows you to do all the things that you need to get done on a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. And then some of the feedback that I've gotten from team members is um, that a lot of businesses don't have it so siloed. You know, where they're like, sometimes mm. you email me, sometimes it's in Asana, sometimes it's on Slack, whereas only the project details are in Asana. Any communication around the task is in Slack, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that way it just, it's, you don't have to search a million places to find it. So we, all the things I set up were so that we could work faster and not right. be confused, right? Yeah. Because also from the very beginning, I wanted this business to be remote. <clears throat> And so okay. all of my team members are remote and work all over the U S and I went to Texas for a month because it's winter in Chicago. So why not, you know, <laughs> um, but it's the beautiful thing about being able to work from anywhere. But, um, I think being organized really helps facilitate less frustration. You know, when, when you right. don't have that face-to-face -face interaction, um, you need your tools to work really well. Yeah. I, I could imagine that being really hard if you have to go hunt for a piece of information and all of this. Uh, I don't know how companies actually do that. Um, right. we're very much the same way we've got, I mean, Slack is probably our main thing. And if yeah. I get emails from teammates, it's because there's a big attachment or something like that, <laughs> that I need to look at that Slack's not going to handle. Right. And right. That, that might be right. the only reason. Um, okay. So, so you've been doing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd love for you to take a kind of a, a look back and think about, you know, if you could go back in time, is there something that you would do differently and, and what is it and why would you do it differently and how would you do it differently? I would get like a giant loan <laughs> and I would have started this business in 2011, like yeah. full on, you know, yeah. um, I always think like I had the right idea. I just didn't realize that it was like, um, such an, like such a big idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just thought like, Oh yeah, probably somebody else is thinking of this too, you know? Um, but I think, um, the the interesting thing about our business is that we only focus on social, right? And social changes so frequently that right. having a, a team that only focuses on social can really make you feel confident that they've got your social, you know? Yeah. 
Um, and so a lot of, uh, so we, we end up being a lot of like white labeled, um, we're a white labeled company for a lot of agencies, you know, because they can, they've got all the other stuff, but they don't want to like keep up with everything that's happening in social. So they bring right. us in when they need to have a client that really needs that social expertise. Yeah. What was money? The only thing that kept you from doing this earlier? Is that, was that uh, the stumbling block? Well, you know, no, I would say the money, but also like the courage and then like the belief, you know, I was always like, maybe this will be, I, I have an idea. I was like very timid about it, you know, um, but I was like, I did have a good idea. Like I should have just gone for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's easy to realize that in retrospect, right? It, 100%, it's yeah. really hard uh, and, and really easy to question yourself and that, that thing that you just said, right? Somebody else has got to be doing this. Huh? <laughs> right. Not necessarily. Somebody else might be thinking it, but they might be going through the same exact thing as you of like, oh, somebody else is going to do this. So I'm just going to sit and wait for them to do it. And yeah. Right. So what would you tell somebody who's thinking about, like you, thinking about starting that side hustle um, or like you trying to take that side hustle into a small business? What would you tell them? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. That's so vague. Um, such a big question. I mean, um, uh, I would definitely say like work with a mentor who's done it before, mm -hmm. you know, and let them provide you with a little bit of a guide map. Um, I was just talking with a friend about a, uh, a, a company here in Chicago that launched really smartly. Um, and they, they're like a food company and, and they like partnered with a coffee shop and they just sold food at the heaviest commuting times, you know, and then proved that people wanted their food. And then like the, the, all the next steps, they laddered up until they had a brick and mortar. They didn't start with a brick and mortar, you know? Right. And I think a lot of people do it backwards where they're like, I'm just gonna do it all. And, and then they realize, oh gosh, this is expensive or I don't yeah. have enough customers or uh, things like that. So I would definitely say get a roadmap from somebody who's done it before to help yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I, I like that. Um, and I think we're seeing that with a lot of people that start out with things like food trucks and then eventually yeah. move into brick and mortar. That's that, that nice stepwise approach. Um, and I think people it, love that, you know, as customers, yeah. they're a part of that journey. Right. Yeah, I was like, I remember when you were a food truck, you know, and it's like, you're <laughs> one of those old OG customers, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I like that. Wants it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So now uh, one last question for you, uh, really kind of honed in on your expertise. Um, for our listeners, what's the one kind of secret thing or thing they should know about doing marketing on social that they should absolutely do or not do right mm -hmm. now? Oh, that's a good one. I think, like, what are you seeing people like mess up or like do phenomenally <laughs> with? I would say there's a couple things. Um, try before you feel ready when it comes to social. You know, like if you if you feel like oh, I'm nervous being on camera, I don't want to do a video. You know, use a, fil a silly filter. You know, <laughs> put makeup on yourself, turn yourself into a lemon. You know, like take that fear away because. Uh, the sooner you try, the sooner you'll get good at it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like that. And now you've got me thinking that maybe I should turn myself into a lemon for these podcasts. 
<laughs> something to think about. Uh, Laura, this has been fantastic. Where can yeah. our listeners find and connect with you? Sure. So we have a website. It's www.betsybash.com. Um, we're also really active on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Lauren Ramsey. You can find me that way. Um, Instagram, on TikTok as well. So all the socials. You can find us out there. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yes, this was so fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Park. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparek.com.